do I still think I can play? Of course. Of course. Can I play at a high level? Yeah. The highest. I think I can win MVP again in the right situation. Um, right situation? Is that Green Bay or is that somewhere else? I'm not sure. I, I'm totally fine with everything he said except one major part, and that's the MVP again. It's just that I think I, I, think I could win another Super Bowl, mm -hmm. and, it, and then that would have been totally fine. Like, like, bro, like, why are you thinking MVP? Like, don't you want Super Bowls? Like, Super Bowls are, are I think, five times greater than, a, than an MVP award. Like, we all know that you won the MVP a few times now, but, like, you know, everyone would, everyone would know even more how many more Super Bowls you've won than MVP. So that, that's why I'm just a little confused about that. But it's a mindset. You know, if they want to go younger and, and think Jordan's ready to go, then, they're, then that might be the way they want to go. And if that's the case and I still want to play, then there's only one option, right? That's to play somewhere else. Um, you know, if it's not, and they, you know, like, no, no, we you know, still want you to play and, you know, this and that, then it'd have to be, uh, you know, the right situation with the roster. It looks like we can, we can win it all because there's no point coming back if you don't think you can win it all. Could you look him in the eye and say we're ready to move on from him? If we were, sure, absolutely. I mean, you're going to be honest with them. That's, you know what I mean? I think he deserves that. You know, if we get to that point, I just, we're not at that point. Let's go down in life out here. It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host. That's the Diddy NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And we've hit peak off season. Oh, hey. What are we at? Week one? One week? Dear God, man. Uh, why are we listening to Gronk anyway? Why Why is it such a drama? Like, can we stop listening to Gronk, please? I didn't think we'd have to put out a public service announcement to say, can we stop listening to Rob Gronkowski? But look, that's week one in the off season here. Uh, so look, the storm and teacup stuff. Now look, I don't always agree with Aaron Rodgers. If you're a long time listener to the podcast, you'll you'll know that I you know have take umbrage um, word of the podcast with Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, but this type of nonsense. I mean, hopefully I've highlighted it with the opening blurbs. There is that he said about MVP. Gronkowski said he didn't mention Super Bowls. He did mention Super Bowls. It's clickbait, and I really didn't think it'd get so much airtime. That's the problem with today. The old man shouts at clouds. That's the problem with today. It's this stuff is so easily disprovable. But here we are, you know. This stuff reads, oh, yeah, well, he's right, you know, when you look at this. You know, and I, I get it. I get that Kay Adams was on a big network, and now she's gone off onto FanDuel, and they're putting out loads of videos to try and increase the popularity and all that kind of stuff. When you look at that show, it only has something like 58,000 followers. Um, so she's trying to get it up. I have a lot of time for uh, Kay Adams. And I see all these theories out there saying, oh, well, I wonder what happened there. Did their team not tell her? I don't know. It's just, a, it's talking heads. You know, it's it's just yakking on about sports. And it's not that important. So I don't know what happened there, but it's so easy, disprovable. There it is. Did he mention Super Bowls? Yeah. Does he want to come back? Do you know what's really important? And I just kind of did it myself there. What's really funny about this whole saga, because it's not what the people are saying as such. It's, it's the way they're saying it, if you will. And, I know I'm the body language expert, and I know it's been a been a while since I since I did it. But let's do the body language drop. Show off that body. Language. Language. Oh, the editor. 
Pity Pablo, whatever happened to him. Um, I don't think he's dead. Uh, so look, it's um, <laughs> can't believe I got to drop the body, but it's off season, it's peak off season. The podcast is in off season form as well. What's really funny about the Pat McAfee show, and this is what it always has been, really, it's just been a, a mouthpiece for Aaron Rodgers to say what he wants to say with no rebuttal. Um, and McAfee's got in trouble for that. I say in trouble, who cares? There's a bunch of people moaning on Twitter, right? It's, it's inconsequential. Uh, but he addressed it that, you know, he doesn't hit him with the hard questions. And that's fine, because Aaron Rodgers doesn't really talk to people. We reached out to Aaron Rodgers. You might say, Steve, who are you? And you'd be right. Um, but he famously doesn't really do a lot of podcasts. He prefers it if it's quirky or whatever. He went on the Pete Holmes podcast and chatted with him. He doesn't usually do the talking head stuff. And here's why. We've seen a perfect example of why. He says something on this show and he makes quite clear he wants to come back and be an MVP. And, you know, I've got opinions on that, but he wants to come back and win the Super Bowl. And all of a sudden they go and tear him down and, and make something big of it right now he's controversial enough all right he's enough weird wacky opinions uh to key in on than talking about how he's a selfish guy look every quarterback has an ego um and he again he, i don't think there's nothing wrong with what he said he said he wanted to win the mvp in my opinion that makes the most sense because i'm a massive advocate for you know quarterback and Super Bowl wins it's not a quarterback stat you can't win the Super Bowl on your own Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl in spite of his play uh, when he was with the Broncos and they won it all on defense he got benched for Brock Osweiler and I know I say that till I'm blue in the face so with Aaron Rodgers you know does he think he can win an MVP yeah and that's something that he can probably control I've got some opinions on that but do you not find it really funny that he wasn't asked that question is he asked himself that question anyone else find that funny look and I'm going to get into it sort of in a little bit of detail as well. And you'd sort of go, well, why? Because I think it's really, 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 Riga. It's a place in Afia. So I think it's really intriguing. Uh, it's very later that um, the stuff that Gudekun said in his press conference as well. And an awful lot of this stuff is waffle, but sometimes you see the ego come out. And I think Gudekun went through his, let's call him moon boy, right? Because he's went through different phases. He went from coming out in his presser and saying, I'm nothing like Jack Thompson. It's like the guy who's trying to get out from his brother or dad's shadow or whatever, you know, like I'm John Lennon's son, but I also play music. You know, it's like you're always going to be tainted with that brush. And it's the same with Gudekunst with Ted Thompson. And then he kind of cooled that rhetoric down when it was quite clear that Thompson was ill. Um, and now he seems back on kind of like trying to, the ego gets in the way and I'll explain that a little bit later but I just think it's really funny that Aaron Rodgers is asking himself the questions and why is he doing it because he's trying to put a message out to the organisation and um, I think there's something really poetic about that and I'll, I'll explain why because here's the timeline if we need to be reminded Aaron Rodgers dynamite quarterback um, you know gets this reputation of being a diva throws his head coach under the bus which is Mike McCarthy he gets turfed out mid-season which is very unpacker like um, and on we go and then they get in Matt LaFleur and they worry about his, you know Aaron Rodgers is declining he's Manu he had that injury he's had all these other injuries you know we used to come out with the joke the best quarterback in the NFL is Aaron Rodgers the second best is one-legged Aaron Rodgers but his play was dipping his attitude was supposedly stinky and that's one thing that Brian Gutekunst could not stand and we've seen that since he got in he will cut a player if he seems like sort of a toxic influence on the dressing room kind of like Ron Wolf did and announced to his players when he came in anyway Aaron Rodgers comes in plays really really well they draft Jordan Love because his play was dipping up to that point and again his good years and blah 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 for someone else 
Um, and then he goes and he wins MVP. And he thought he would have the leverage and all that kind of stuff. It appeared that he didn't. And then he wins another MVP and Aaron Rodgers gets the leverage he thought he had. And the Packers turn around and give him a big whopper contract. So the question still remains this offseason. Will he be back? Will he not be back? How's he feeling? What's going on? You know, um, and they asked Gutekunst about it and he had some comments to make. But what I am impressed by is, is how you can have a quarterback who's won as many MVPs almost as he has fingers on one hand, um, not including the broken one. And you can make him feel somehow that you don't want him back when seemingly all leverage is gone for the Packers because they offered Rodgers a massive amount of money. Now, it comes down to trades and all that kind of stuff. But let me pause and just play some sound bites for you um, about what Gutekunst's answers were to the questions that the journals were throwing at him. Right. It's seen the last two off seasons. It's if Aaron wants to come back, he'll be here. He said multiple times this year that he doesn't think it'll be just his decision. Do you guys want him as your quarterback next year? Yeah, like I said in the bye week, I think uh, you know I want all these guys back. That's that's part of that. Um, he's certainly going to take some time. You know, I think that's you know that's fair. Um, and that as we work through this, I think um, uh, as he takes his time, kind of makes his decision just on his playing career in general, then we'll get together and, and move forward that way. I just think that's admirable. And the reason I think it's admirable is because arguably the problem with Aaron Rodgers for all of those times a couple of years back was is that he was indispensable. That was the issue. And I think when you feel indispensable, then you act a certain way. And I think that the, you know, it's not only in the building and all that. Like no one in their wildest dreams would imagine that Aaron Rodgers would be in any way dispensable. In fact, um, those lads who get on at the halftime of the NFL show, coach, turned around and said that if it's coming up, if it's Mike McCarthy or Aaron Rodgers, you know, you get rid of Aaron Rodgers. And everyone just had a rolling around having some belly laughs for themselves, right? Because it seemed unfathomable that Aaron Rodgers, the great Aaron Rodgers, could in any way find his way out the door over a coach. And they'd be right. I mean, it was madness. But not only was he indispensable to the team because his level of play, but the offense was predicated on when the play breaks down, what can Aaron do on the fly? And when Aaron Rodgers decided that he didn't want to play that game anymore, uh, well, then you'd have a better chance of catching the ball if you were sitting in the stands because he had more throwaways than anybody else in the league that year by a country mile. So it just goes to show when one person, and that applies for absolutely anything, any job, any walk of life, if you have one key, it's called key worker risk. If you've one worker, and look, it's inherent in the team, right? He's the quarterback, so he's going to be the most important regardless. But when he knows that and he knows he's indispensable and that he has you by the balls. And look, the thing was, is Aaron Rodgers is quite aware of that because he said himself on the Pat McAfee show a couple of years ago that he thought he would have the leverage to say X, Y and Z. And that's savvy on his part. He's a quarterback. And, you know, if you have leverage in a company, you know, it's it's savvy enough to as long as you're not using it for unethical reasons, but it's savvy enough that you are trying to get the best thing for you. And if the best thing for you ends up being the best thing for the company, but then on upwards you go, you'll have to mutually decide that until something breaks down. So the fact that the Packers worked themselves out of a situation where they were absolutely uh, up against the wall with Aaron Rodgers, that not only did they depend on him because his play was fantastic, but also if he decided not to do that play, they had no plan B. They had no Aaron Jones. They had no defense you know it was all on him and the way that they turned it around in this couple of years to make him truly believe or whether it's all just tosh in the media but 
that he doesn't have the leverage that he thinks he can is actually quite extraordinary, if you ask me. You know, because on one side, Gudekunst going, I don't, I don't know why he feels that way. I have no idea. In the public. Uh, but I'm sure behind the scenes, Aaron Rodgers has a reason why they act that way. And I'm sure it's got something to do with the young lad in the building. The Packers have that leverage as well. And why do I say that? Because they ask Gudekunst, do you think Jordan Love, you know, is he ready? And he said, yeah, he's ready to play. He's chomping at the bit, Was he, what were his words. He is ready to play. He can play now. And of course, they asked him, who gives you... Because he has to walk that tightrope. They asked him, who gives you the best chance to win? And he goes, well, come on, Aaron Rodgers won the MVP four times and the Super Bowl and all that kind of thing. So let's get real here. Um, All the while, giving Aaron Rodgers the big contract, but listen to the words from the man himself instead of me. Clarify, you think it is his decision in terms of coming back if he wants to be back? We made a really big commitment to him, you know, last offseason, you know, so I think... Uh, as we did that, it wasn't certainly for just this year. So, we'll, like I said, he's going to take his time and, and, and the communication will be, you know, you know, pretty constant as we move forward. So there it is. I mean, he seemingly has them by the cojones because he has that giant contract. He hits against the salary cap and all that kind of jazz. But Aaron Rodgers has said on the McAfee show that, look, if he feels ready to play and he wants to play and they don't want him, well, then he will go somewhere else. So he's saying to other teams, yeah, I'm open for business. And Gudekunst is seemingly saying the same, is that, you know, he has the leverage, but does he really? Because they can trade him. And he feels that, now, whether it's true, he's told everybody publicly anyway, um, and Aaron Rodgers is part of that public, that Jordan Love is ready to go. And the last sort of little soundbite, because I don't want to keep flogging this to death, but uh, this is Jason Wildey's question about why Rodgers feels the way he does. What would give him the impression that you guys don't want it back. Because he, I asked him flat out if anybody has indicated that to him, and he said, no, it's just a feeling he has. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't think anybody's given him. I think that's a question for him, right? No, it wouldn't be for me. You know, I think this was a tough season. You know, this was, was not what we expected. It was not the, uh, that stretch in the middle was really hard, you know? So I think all of our players, not just Aaron, um, you know, there's different feelings as you go through that. So again, I don't want to speak for him, but that's, that's certainly a question for him. So, amazing. It looks like Aaron Rodgers is doing his job and Brian Goodkunst, good uh, according to me, uh, must be doing his because he is making a four-time MVP quarterback who is deemed, like he, he, Aaron Rodgers says it himself, see you in Canton. The guy is getting a bust immediately in Canton, Ohio, in the Hall of Fame. So, for you to make a quarterback like that feel like that he his job isn't a given is incredibly difficult to do. Look at the likes of Messi and Ronaldo and all that kind of jazz. And just the absolute scenes when Ronaldo was benched and how he was contemplating going home during the World Cup. Yet, here's Aaron Rodgers saying that he still wants to come back to the Packers. Now, he's a massive financial incentive to do so. Um, I would also proffer, and this is based on nothing but uh, my own life experience, is that I really don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to go anywhere else. He's knocking 40. He's been with the same team his entire life since he was a kid. He's been around Green Bay. He keeps saying that he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. Um, and in fact, he says a reload instead of a rebuild. But I think the Packers realize this. And I think that although he might try play hardball, um, that I think that... They're aware of his feelings. They're aware of his age. And they're probably... Look, and the thing is, the, the people with the biggest ego tend to have uh, the sort of most fragile insecurities as well. Um, so Aaron Rodgers 
is a big fish in a little pond in Green Bay and he's doing well and he's earned everything he's got and all this jazz. But how much do you want to... Because he's contemplating whether he even wants to play again. And that's including coming back and doing workouts and putting your body through it. I mean, the guy, you know, he screwed up his finger. You know, he fractured ribs or whatever. I mean, the guy... And Gutekunz gives him that props and says he plays through stuff that most players wouldn't. So give him credit where credit's due here. But it's my feeling that I don't believe... I think the leverage as well that the Packers have is that you're asking an old-timer, does he want to go somewhere completely different? Because I think what's shattered an awful lot of that um, illusion for Rodgers in the last couple of years is just how Brady's doing um, in Tampa Bay. I think a couple of things. Number one, the fact that there's that public breakdown and Brady's relationship, whether that has anything to do with football or is any of our business, is is a debate for another day. However, it's still out in the ether, right? Rodgers would have a better inclination because he's probably spoken to Brady, probably sent him a WhatsApp message. Um, the other thing is, is that, you know, Brady went on and wins a Super Bowl, for God's sake, with Tampa Bay, and it looks like, oh, look, they can surround Brady with the tools, but they can't for Rodgers. How has that gone lately for Tom Brady? Not great. And in fact, when we come up against the books, we should have beaten them. Um, so when you look at it that way, it doesn't always end in the fairy tale. It looks like it does, and Belichick was called into question, and his legacy, and you know Brady can still win, but Belichick can't, and all this nonsense. When you really look at the nuance of it, it's it's always grey and never black and white, and I think that's what's kind of you know put the skids on Aaron Rodgers as well, perhaps, is that it doesn't always work out that way. Um, so again, he's into that reload and not a rebuild. But here's a question that, that I would also ask. Is Aaron Rodgers continuing a quarterback for the Packers at odds with what the Packers need their quarterback to do to have success? Um, and you can look at it and say, you know, look at Aaron Rodgers. God damn, he's a, he's a back-to-back MVP. He did that with all of the dra- drama when he wasn't coming back and he didn't need that practice and all that remains true. However, there is a bit of rust sometimes around this team and there also seems a really big desire by the coaching staff to get their offensive players in when it's even voluntary and make sure that this team is gelling and if there was one year that that was needed it was when Hackett was gone when Devontae Adams was gone when your O-line was going to be patchy because you didn't know what was happening with Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari so they can't tell a player to come in because of the CBA and all of the rules around it. But they'd love to, wouldn't they? And they kind of do their best to do it because they come out in the media. We've seen Matt LaFleur say, they asked him, look, Rogers isn't here at the voluntary camp. I mean, are you annoyed? And he said, well, look, obviously I'd want everybody here. It's a shame, but under the agreement, technically, you know, anytime someone raises, like, how do you feel? Well, legally, I have to feel okay about it. Well, then, you know, they're saying I'm not all that impressed. And Gudekunz reiterated that again. He was asked in this press conference, why do you think they struggled the way they did? And this is what he said. We didn't come together as an offense and as a team early enough um, to be productive like we needed to be. Now, you could say, Steve, you're reading too much into it, but he was specifically asked in this press conference, you know, do you want these players and around for the voluntary camp and he said well yeah of course you know we always want them around we always want our guys here so it seems quite clear is that Rogers is again you can understand that God uh, Mr. The Empath here you can understand that that Rogers is old and he has certain needs and you don't want to overwork him and all that kind of jazz Um, however it's quite clear that you shouldn't have to tell him that he needs to be there to gel with the guys he should want to um, Rogers is on record of saying that he doesn't reach out to the wide receivers 
But if they reach out to him, you know, well, maybe he'd do something with them then. You know, and if you put that in contrast to Brady and, you know, this whole dream in Tampa Bay, and it's documented as well, there's videos on YouTube, you can look them up, is Brady used to cart all of his wide receivers down in the summer and they used to do these workouts and camps and stuff like that together. From what Rodgers is saying, that's not something that he has done. It's not something that he has gone out of his way to do. Um, and from the little sound bites throughout the season, it seems like you have to impress the big man. You know, you catch those balls, impress the big man. So you would say, you know, has that hogtied the Packers in, you know, preseason? Have the, is, is him not being around not causing that to gel? But then you'd ask yourself, is that enough chemistry that's needed? And then you'd say to yourself, I'm like Aaron now, I'm asking myself questions here, lads. Ladies, is that you can't hurt. You know, it can't hurt to get to know the guys. But then you look at his leadership style up to that and it's very kind of you make mistakes, you get your ass chewed out. And I'm not criticizing that if that's worked for him, if that's got Devontae Adams to be the Hall of Fame player that he became, well, then it works. If Jordy Nelson has that chemistry and Randall Cobb has that chemistry and Greg Jennings had that chemistry before he didn't have that chemistry, uh, well, then maybe it works. Jermichael Finley has that chemistry until it didn't work. You know, Bobby Tanya famously Martellus Bennett, you know, Jared Cook. I mean, you know, maybe that leadership style works, but that's something that he sort of, Gudekun's hinted at as well, and what he commended Aaron Rodgers doing this year was that when it all went down the pan, down the swanee, is that Aaron Rodgers, when he stepped up and had that leadership role, and again, I'm not being a massive cynic here, um, because I think he really did display that leadership when he came out, but it was suspiciously the week after he was on the Pat McAfee show talking about how if Lars didn't pull their weight, well, then you can leave them. You know, you're not, you don't deserve a place in this team. And his, you know, performances up to this point were well below par. And it was after that then, I, I think I saw personally anyway him change his tune. So did he do it because he wanted to be a better leader or did he do it because he was putting out fires? Because the locker room kind of looked at him slightly and went, hmm, bit rich coming from you, mate which is crazy to say um, about Aaron Rodgers. But the thing is, is I think that if Aaron Rodgers would show that sort of true leadership and what the Packers probably need is to gel with the receivers. And I wonder, will we see him around at more preseason stuff? But again, looking at it from his point of view, you know, it's like Riggs and Marta is too old for this stuff, you know? Maybe you're sort of thinking, I just don't have it in me. God, you're going to get me back and you're going to get me back at a very high level. Because I don't think as well, like, Aaron Rodgers' performance, you can't put that all down to dipping play. He didn't show up for a couple of weeks before the season. I mean, you know, again, it's not black and white. It's in the grey area here somewhere. He had a broken finger. His ribs were damaged. Christian Watson, who was his go-to guy, he was forced to go to him eventually because nothing else was working. Sammy Watkins was brought in to be that veteran presence and we saw in preseason, they were like, oh, he's going to be a massive part of this offense. And I think Gutekunst has learned from that mistake and realised that that wasn't something that was going to pan out. So again, it's, you know, it's too simplistic to go, Aaron Rodgers didn't play well, everyone else is grand, uh, not working out. That's not how it happened. I mean, there's a lot of different factors there. The defence wasn't pulling their weight in an entire game, and then everyone's, of course, the Boo Birds are saying it's something to do with the London game. Somehow that's put a hex on this team, um, that it took them, you know, five games before the season to shake off and then all of a sudden the Giants curse came back for the last um, week of the game well if the coaches and players had a better attitude and being a stinky attitude about the game in London uh, well then maybe they wouldn't have fallen flat when they come over here 
Also, coincidentally, Aaron Rodgers hurt his finger in that game. So, I mean, you know, what's the real reason there? But there you go. There's there's my two cents. But look, I think uh, Gudekunz's comments in the presser were interesting because he's sort of saying, yeah, we want you back, but if we have to play Jordan, I think he's ready. And he says, we're not at the point for me to look him deep dead in the eye like a romantic lover and tell him, time is up. Um, is that, you know, we haven't got to that point yet. You know, and that's sort of very ominous as well. But there's a couple of other little sound bites uh, that he went on to say. Um, and one of them was about Mason Crosby. And, you know, he was asked, you know, is D-back going to be your left tackle? He said, oh, yeah, well, you know, definitely, because D-back's under contract. And then he asked about Mason Crosby, who isn't under contract. And the sort of question that I would ask around there was, is that if you faith in Mason, well, then why were all these other kickers coming in and being activated to the active roster? Um, and then Crosby goes on, and I don't think he could legislate for it, is that he kicks his longest field goal in his career in Lambeau. Uh, at 38 years of age, what was that, the second or third last game of the season? Um, and Gudekun said himself, his words were he was clutch. Uh, but he says, look, the reason we brought in other kickers was because that's the way Rich Passaccia likes to do things, because he likes to have that competition. And we've seen that going back to Giorgio Tivecchio, if anyone remembers. Um, you know, that was in or around the Jacob Schum punting era, you know, if you want to count it by abs instead of years. So, you know, they have kind of a history of it. And he said, look, COVID, when we didn't know whether a kicker or a punter would have COVID, so we brought more. The practice squad has increased in number, so they're actually physically able to do that a bit more. Um, but I would sort of wonder, I reckon that Mason Crosby, A, if he wants to come back, which, look, of course he does. I think he wants to end his career in Green Bay, obviously, because he's been prolific. He's the top point scorer. He's shown that he can still do it at a high level. And how much value is there for a kicker of his age? Now, again, of his talent, of course. And we've seen aged kickers. It's not sort of, they don't go, it's not like he's a running back or anything. Um, But is he going to go elsewhere? Does he have much value there? And I think it just makes sense for the Packers to bring him back. And I think Crosby would probably take a team-friendly deal. I can't speak for the guy. But, you know, if he's, and we see his chemistry there with O'Donnell, and I just think that it's the best situation for him and probably the best situation for the Packers if they feel he can still do it. Because like I said, the conditions in Lambeau are pretty weird. And if they were to bring him back. But I wonder, is his you know, decision to be brought back largely leaning on whether Aaron Rodgers is retained or traded? Because I think one thing that the Packers have learned is is that in a season when your offense is the highest scoring offense and you're winning MVPs and all that jazz, I've said that phrase too much this podcast and I want to take this to apologise at this point. Um, is that when you look at it, when you lose Devontae Adams and you, you know, Nathaniel Hackett goes off and has an ill-fated career for the Broncos and when your O-line is patchy and shifting around the place and your receivers are, you know, hot and cold and they make drops and then they're injured and all that kind of stuff. I didn't say jazz. Um, is that you got to be careful of how many parts you try to remove or that you lose at one time. And I think to lose Aaron Rodgers, your points per game are going to go down, I would imagine, or at least you have to legislate for it. And do you really lose Mason and Rodgers in the one year when your kicker could be um, sort of so-so? And I don't think that happens. So I think if you see Rodgers leaving, strangely, I think Mason Crosby's career is kind of leaning against that as well. But look, Gudekunz put the, the things out there. He says, you know, Jordan's ready to play. He's chomping at the bit to play. And I just think that that's these press message games. It's saying to other teams, 
do you want Rogers? Do you want to inquire? Maybe you know, give me a ring. And he said he's not going to get into it with hypotheticals, but of course he's not going to get into it uh, with hypotheticals. They asked him about the salary cap and said that does keeping Rogers just mess with the salary cap and you're going to have to do a lot of work. And he said, look, whether we keep him or don't keep him, we're going to have to be doing um, a lot of juggling around that. Anyway, in fact, at the end of the press conference, this was his comment about the salary cap. Well, with the way we're the way we're doing things lately, we'll probably restructure everybody and keep you know trying to keep. Um, making some room. Ooh, spicy. <laughs> Very spicy. That is a spicy Brian Kudekun's comment. Because after he said that, he kind of was like, oh, 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 and he was trying to pull back on it because, God forbid, people like me uh, jump in and sound bite it. But there we go. It's uh, in the in the books now forever. Uh, I Also, what I loved was is that they asked him if he was to do the wide receiver thing, um, you know, would they, have, would they have done anything differently? And he sort of looked really annoyed uh, and I read about him. I was like, you know, look, the offense didn't come together early enough. So again, that sort of leads into the whole narrative was, is, you know, was Aaron not being around kind of grating on these guys? Um, but I think one of my fa- favorite moments of the thing, because that's what I'm saying, that, that the reason this is spicy comedy is because, Brian, you can't be candid, Brian. You can't be candid because they'll jump on you like a pack of animals, all right? Uh, because he came out and he was talking about how, you know, he has faith in the organization and all that type of stuff. And they then go on later after this question and they sort of say to him, like, you know, it sort of indicated that Joe Barry is going to be back Um and I'll play the question now because it was an absolute zinger. But they asked him, whose decision is that? Is that come down to you because you changed the structure? Does it come down to Matt? And he says, no, it's Matt's decision and we'll give him advice and all that kind of stuff. And I think the advice is probably a note under the door that says, fire Joe Barry. Um, you know, because he's not answerable to the GM. It's that sort of three-way uh, system thing. Um, but what I absolutely loved was is that he was saying he had faith in everybody in the building and that they need, you know, the coaches, you know, sort of could have done better and the players could have done better. But, you know, he thinks that bringing everybody back again would be a great idea. And then, of course, a journalist jumped on and sort of said about Joe Barry. And what he was inferring here was kind of like, oh, so if you're saying everything was good enough for for Joe Barry to be back, then if he's good enough to be back, then the tools he gave him were crap. And here's the question. And he looked visibly shaken by it. And I well recommend looking at the press conference to see his kind of reaction to it because Brian was not a happy boy. You mentioned the defense feeling like it would be strong enough to hold water early in the season. It finished in the bottom half in yards and mm-hmm. points. It sounds like Joe Barry's going to be coming back as defensive coordinator. Did, did you miss some evaluations on players there? Seven first-round picks, a lot of free agents, not to be able to have the expectations. That- yeah, I mean, we all, you know, there's always misses and evaluations at times, but uh, this particular year, I don't, I don't know if I would say that. Lovely. Yeah, you know, we can make mistakes, uh, but it wasn't me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anyone got those those vibes, but I'm definitely getting those vibes off. Um, you know, but one thing that sort of came out as well on the Pat McAfee show, and it's something that um, Gudekunst, Gudekunst alluded to, and this is probably why he was asked the question as well and why it was sort of being knocked back and forward in the press, was that if you were to go at wide receiver with the lads that you have there, is that good enough? And he said, yeah, he thinks it is, but he also thinks that he needs some veteran presence in there, um, you know, to sort of, glue glue together that um that locker room um so it's no sort of surprise then that rogers in his conversations and he seems to have said it to them per pat mcafee's show is that and if you're if you're thinking why does he keep quoting the show it's the only time you get an insight into actually what he wants us to know is that he sort of you know, went on and, and tried to get lads back like uh, bobby tonyan and randall cobb and alan lazard and 
all of that kind of stuff. And I think this is a real sticking point and why it's probably a little bit bigger than, you know, some people probably realise in the media is the fact that, you know, there was this was the whole drama before, was that they weren't treating players correctly. They were just sort of seemingly turfing them out the door without giving them a proper offer. We know Jordy Nelson was apparently low-balled. Clay Matthews allegedly had some beef. Um, you know, and, and that's what kind of what we've seen. Zadaria Smith famously, uh, you know, sort of came out and had his own problems with the organisation and, you know, Jamal Williams as well. So, like, we've seen it where, and, and Rogers called these guys the glue guys. He says, we need those glue guys back, that their their stats might not jump off, but we need them back for this reason. Um, and there's this whole thing about they brought Cobb in as a sort of a sweetener for Rodgers uh, before. So do they do it again or does Rodgers have that leverage now? But it, it seems like he certainly went out of his way um, to do it. But look, Gudekunst kind of said the same thing. He alluded to needing a veteran presence in the locker room. Um, but I think he learned from the Sammy Watkins experiment because, you know, they bring Sammy in to try and make him a big part of this offense and it simply doesn't work. Um, and he was asked as well about Devontae Adams. I mean, did you not plan properly for it? And he said, you do. But once you lose a Hall of Famer, you're going to have a dip. You're not going to get right back to that. It's going to take time, which I, you know, really appreciate his optimism. But again, you look at Christian Watson's numbers and you look at Tyreek Hill and all these players and he really does stack up against them. So we just need that growth and that consistency and bearing in mind he's coming into his sophomore year. So look, I, I think... It might have seemed like there wasn't a lot to, to digest, and I'm not. I'm really not into small talk. I remember one of my mates said to me, um, we used to work in, in the bars in Wicklow and their summer holidays off from school, and he says to me, oh, yeah, this this uh, girl, Jane, start working in the in the bar. I think you really like her. And I said, oh, really? Why? How come? And he goes, yeah, because she doesn't small talk. She doesn't she doesn't BS like you. And I was like, eh. And I was, you know, it was only then I kind of realized, you know what, you're probably right. So these podcasts, I'm not going to release them um, and I'm not going to try add value and content to this type of stuff if I don't feel that it's necessary. Um, so with this press conference, and I know it's the off season and some people might look at it and go, he's clutching at straws. But I, I do think there was some absolute value in there. And I think the sag as it goes on. And one thing I would say is, is that it's easy for us to get caught up in the like, oh my God, here we go again thing and go, I'm sick of it. But sometimes you can get sick of something, but it doesn't mean that you still shouldn't push through for the best for the situation, you know? I mean, your car runs out of petrol and you need to walk somewhere. Yeah, you can give up and say, ah, screw this, I'm sick of it and sit by the roadside. But, you know, sometimes you just have to grin and bear it and get on with it. And that's just one of these situations. And I don't think, uh, the you know, Aaron Rodgers is holding the, the Packers and, and sort of making them wait. They've given him the big contract, you know, and they kind of have to plan for if he's not going to be around. But they have a fair idea. It's like when Gudekun starts turning around and saying that, oh, we don't know what the salary cap is. He's a really fair idea with the salary cap. They know exactly what they're going to do with restructuring contracts and letting people go and all of that. And maybe behind the scenes, they feel that it's not viable to keep Aaron Rodgers around. That's not in the best interest of the team. Only they know that. Um, but for now, he's not going to broadcast it because you don't know how things are going to pan out or who's looking for who or what team is listening to these press conferences. You can guarantee it's all of them. The minute you say is, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not happy, then you're going to have uh, a potential suitors lining up. We saw that's apparently why Matt LaFleur and Shanahan fell out is because Shanahan called him up and said, yeah, I've got a nice uh, gold shiny helmet here for, for Aaron Rodgers to come. But look, um, on other good news as well, and I'll say this, I shouldn't have really said it at the end of the podcast, but, you know, and again, I'm a sort of a, you know, podcaster, excited puppy first, but I'm giving away a trip to Lambeau Field and how we're funding it is, is through Patreon, I hope. Um, if we can't, I'm going to have to fund it myself and that's fine. I'm willing to do it uh, because I want to go and realise someone's dream of coming to Lambeau Field and how you get your place in it is, 
is that you can sign up to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. There's a fiver tier and it's called the Lambo tier. And if you get onto that tier for every month that you're in the draw from now and the money will be taken on the 1st of February, so you've still got time, is from the 1st of February to the summer will be one entry. And so stay in the draw, make sure you stay in the draw. But if you're on the t-shirt tier, you get a place as well. But if you're on the gold member tier, you also get places for as long as you're in the draw. So I had a couple of guys ask me like, look, I want to get in on Patreon. I've been meaning to do it for a while now, uh, but I'd love a chance at the signed merch. So how do we, is there any way to blend the two tiers? If you're on the gold tier, you're automatically entered as if you're on the Lambo tier. And that goes for the same for the t-shirt tier. Um, so look, I really appreciate the support. It means a lot. And I think that we're doing something really, really special here. I mean, an all expenses paid trip to Lambeau Field on our annual tour, which is always sold out, I just think is an absolutely incredible prize. I don't see any other fan club uh, doing it. I don't see any other company doing it. And when you look at the big NFL UKs and all that kind of stuff, sometimes they offer a prize like you can go to the Super Bowl, but you have to jump through all these hoops and fill out these application forms. You've got to win a competition of like your fantasy football we are going to get a Packers fan and we're going to pay for their flights, their hotels, their game tickets, their tailgating, their transfers, the whole lot. Upgrades. If we get enough money, even upgrades, I'll, I'll give you all the money. Um, And I just think it's incredible. If you want to get involved and you're on the fence about Patreon, if you join before February 1st, well, then you're putting yourself in the best position to win an all expenses paid trip to Lambeau Field, which, you know, with all the expenses, it's a couple of grand's worth. All right. So that's the dream. Um, and I really have to go all out on Patreon to try and make that happen. But anyway, uh, that is the podcast. It's great to be on. It's on once a week and it'll be continuing throughout the off season. I've been at Steely NFL. Give me a follow on social media. Get onto the Patreon if you want to win a trip to Lambo. Get onto UK Packers on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and all of these other good stuff. And until next week, go Pack Go. So uh, I wouldn't say this year we would like learned any major lessons, so to speak, because I think we've already been through that. So what did, was it... Uh, somebody's summer of discontent that helped you learn that or what, what did you learn a lot of things back then yeah thank you guys thanks guys Bye.